This episode of the Power of I podcast is brought to you by Fourth Day Studios, the bridge between an idea and reality. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Power Vibe podcast. This is episode number 18. My name is David Hall. I am joined this week by Chris Smith. Uh, Chris is back here to be a guest with us. Um, sorry for the delay. We had at least a week uh, where we weren't, um, well, actually, it was just one week because this will go up this week. Uh, just one week where we weren't able to publish. I've been having some mad internet issues at my new place. Um, so uh, shout out to my internet company. I won't put them on blast, but uh, thank you for that. <laughs> really appreciate it. Uh, but we are back. We are back. This is episode number 18. Thank you so much if you're here listening with us. If you've been here the whole way, that's fantastic. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome. We're really glad to have you here. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on YouTube as, as well as leaving um, nice reviews or following us on free audio feeds such as Spotify Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. And if we're not, let us know because it's probably some new thing that I just haven't noticed and we'll make sure we're there for us next time. But with that being said, Chris, welcome back. How are you, my friend? It's good. Good to be back. I've been doing yes, well. I'm glad to have you. It's always nice to have a familiar face. Yes. <laughs> and uh, you may notice as well, I have a new, uh, new bag job the last, well, I say the last time. It's basically been since day one. I've either had a gray wall behind me or um, boxes, like moving boxes and such uh, in the background. And uh, Chris was basically like, hey, Dave, you got to do something about those boxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, finally did. Uh, went and got some nice lights and some pretty curtains that I made sure to get my wife's approval on beforehand. So we're good to go. We're looking better, looking more professional. Um, we're taking steps, you know, making steps, uh, to, uh, be the best we can be. Um, but with that being said, Chris, uh, today's topic, um, is an interesting one. Um, because when we, before we started this, you kind of gave me, uh, a list of some ideas that we could kind of go through in regards to, um, topics that you and I might be able to discuss. And I was going through those to get some ideas and I noticed one of them was do what you love. And that kind of stood out to me because the rest of them are more, you know, uh, focused on more specific areas kind of, you know, so for example, in the past, we've done ones about pay-per-click ads or, um, you know, uh, SEO and things like that, you know, things that are more on the technical side of things that will really help you if you're a business. If you haven't listened to those, by the way, go ahead and check those out because they're really helpful. Chris always does a great job of giving great advice for free. So go, go check those out. Um, but this today, again, like I said, it stood out to me because it's more about, um, it's, 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 it's less technical and it's more, you know, mental, right? It's more about what's behind the things you do in a business as opposed to the, the, uh, the more official things, I suppose. So, um, I guess my first question to you, Chris, is why is that so important? Why should being, why should quote unquote doing what you love be a whole topic in and of itself? Why is it so important as a business owner? Well, number one, if you do what you love, uh, it, then what you do every day becomes a passion rather than a job. Um, also 
a lot of the times people they're doing way too much. Like they, they try to be everything to everybody and offer every service. Uh, it was funny. I saw, I was standing at a red light one time and I saw a pickup truck and it had a magnet on it, on the door. And the guy said, the magnet said, uh, CPR instructor, deck repair, pressure washing. Oh my gosh. And I, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, wow, dude, you need to figure out what it is you're going to do. You know what I mean? <laughs> He teaches people CPR, he does pressure washing, and he builds decks. You know what I mean? Right, right. And so if you're going to be successful, you really need to, to pick one thing. And even with uh, a lot of times digital marketing companies or any company, they're just trying to be everything to everybody. And mm. so if you're, uh, let's take uh, heating and air conditioning, for example. Let's use that as an example. They're trying to go all over town. They're, um, you know, residential, they're commercial, they're healthcare, they're, you know, all over the place. And they may hate doing most of the work, but let's say they just really love installing ductless systems because they're easier to do. Right. Well, you'd be better off to just streamline your business and just focus on ductless systems. Because when you niche down, um, the, the tighter you niche, the more efficient your economy of scale becomes. So what that means is if you just do ductless systems, now your employees are trained in ductless, your vans are stocked with the ductless parts and tools. Uh, that's what you're talking about on social media. That's what you're focused on with your marketing. So really the economy of scale becomes much more efficient because now you can put ductless systems in and make more profit because you begin to streamline the process. You're, you're buying more ductless equipment. So you start getting better pricing on your equipment. Um, your employees become faster because that's all they do every day is a ductless system. So if you'll niche down into what you love doing, it'll really transform your business from, uh, you know, like if there's 80% of your business is stuff you just hate, absolutely hate doing and 20%, is really what you love doing. And it just makes sense to focus on that 20%. So why do you think then that um, a lot of companies fall into this trap of having, because the devil's advocate in me, right? is kind of like, well, if you just focus on one thing, you're losing everything else, right? Is you're losing the business of, um, you know, if, if it's not Douglas, you're, lose, you're losing all of that other business, right? Because those, those people looking for that service aren't going to come to you anymore. So why, why is, is it um, more beneficial actually to a company to, like you said, find that niche, find that one thing that you love doing that you can then sell to customers as a premium product? Well, because number one, it's your passion, right? So you're, uh, it's not going to become a chore anymore to learn, to learn how to be really, really good at it. And when you eat, live and sleep that one thing every day, um, you, you'll just, your experience in it and your ability to provide the service will far outstrip your competitors. So you'll get better, you'll get faster, uh, you'll be more knowledgeable, um, you'll have better recommendations for there may be challenging situations. And you just said, wow, we just did a, a humididor, a large walk-in humididor with a ductless system. So you'll start learning different applications. You'll start, uh, you'll advance in that one niche area way faster than your competitors. And one of the biggest mistakes I see when I'm consulting other businesses 
is the CEO, the, the transition, normally they have a job and then they decide, well, hey, I'm going to start my own business. And what ends up happening is they start a business, but they really just start another job because there's not enough profit in it to grow it. There's not enough profit in it to hire people. And so really they've just, instead of working for somebody else, they're now just working for their customers as a job and many times working more hours and making less money. So if you really just niche into one thing that you love, you can now then, uh, because you can do it faster and cheaper and you can raise your prices a little bit because you are the expert in that field, you'll make more money. Now it becomes a business rather than just a job. Interesting. So my two questions to follow that up then, and I'll ask these together, but then I guess you can deal with them separately. One is what if you have uh, multiple things that you love doing, you know? So what if you have, five or six different things in your, in your HVAC company that you really love doing and that you would, you would hate to just not be able to do those things. So that's the first question. Second question is actually, you know what? Let's answer that question first and then I'll come back with a second question because that, that, I, I want to be able to focus on both of them. So the first question sure. is, what if you have too many things that you love doing? And, and most of the time, if you'll, there's always a category. So if you have too many things you love doing, like let's say, you know, I really love uh, heating and air conditioning, but I like residential over commercial. So you can so then what's just the difference focus there on, again. Uh, just different, uh, like a commercial job, you may have to hoist a unit to the fourth floor of the crane. You know, oh, I mean? okay, gotcha, gotcha. You may hate uh, lining up the crane and you know having the curb adapters built, and that may drive you crazy. But you know, changing out a residential system, you may love. Or it may be reversed. Maybe you love the commercial, but you hate the residential. Mm. A lot of times, even if there's multiple items that you love doing, they'll still fall into some sort of sortable category at a larger sort level. So it might be residential versus commercial. Or it might be, uh, you know, I, I don't enjoy replacing equipment, but I really enjoy repairing equipment. Then just focus on repair. Focus on just doing repairs, and when you have a change-out, refer those change-outs to another company and let that other company come in and do the change-out. The, the biggest mistake we make as business owners is looking around us at what other businesses are doing and then just copying them mm. rather than looking at what does my competition do, what's a, a, a unique need in this industry, how can I fill that niche, how can I provide value? Because the only way you earn revenue is by providing value. So if, you've, if you're fast and value can be defined as faster, better, um, you know, more affordable, uh, last longer, higher quality, there's all different ways you can add value. And when the more value you add, the more money you make as it relates to profit. Mm. So it, I know you said that, uh, that, you, that a lot of businesses will make a mistake by copying um, other businesses. Is there something to be said for um, copying in a healthy way, in the sense of seeing what your competitors are doing and learning from that? But it, it, I guess the key is being able to adapt it to um, make yourself stand out, right? Yeah, and, and one example, let me just, 
just give you examples like uh, mm-hmm. billboards. A okay. lot of heating and air conditioning companies see that other companies are running billboards and they go, well, they must be working. Everybody's using them. Right. And so then they want to run billboards when in reality, nobody's getting a great return on investment for their billboards. They're just all running advertising on billboards because everybody else is running advertising on billboards. Mm. So a lot of times uh, as a business owner, you're not an expert in everything, right? So you can't be, uh, you can't have 20 years experience in marketing, 20 years experience in residential heating and air conditioning, 20 years experience in commercial air conditioning, 20 years experience in human resources, 20 years experience in employee development and group dynamics. Right, you, right. You can't have all of that experience. You'll be dead. You'd be too mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. So you have to utilize experts to fill the gap where you don't know what's going on. And a lot of times, rather than uh, recognizing that deficiency and hiring an expert, they'll just copy what another company's doing and think, well, this is what we did at my last company. We'll do that. Rather it, than you know, it just perpetuates bad decisions over and over. It's, it, it's almost a form of inbred, you know, in, inbreeding where mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they just keep repeating the bad behaviors over and over. When especially with technology today, there's, a, there's solutions for things you didn't even know existed. You didn't even know were out there. Like you may have a, um, I don't know, a, a video sharing service that, that makes your weekly meeting occur over 15 minutes and everybody's sitting in a van and you have your meeting on a cell phone <laughs> versus pulling a technicians from all over the city into your shop right. at 7 a.m. And, you know, you may gain another you know, 15% efficiency just by moving to online meetings. So there's so many solutions out there. Um, rather than just copying what everybody else is doing, look at, you know, find experts in that area and then say, how do I solve these problems? It reminds me of that. Um, the, only, the, the thing that immediately came to my mind was I remember uh, I was in school one time and they did this exercise. I don't know if you've ever done this as well or had it done to you as well before, where basically um, they said, okay, uh, everybody stand in the middle. And there's like 40 kids in the middle. And they're like, there's two exits. One exit is over here and the other exit is over here. And when I say go, you're all going to walk in a circle. You're just going to keep walking in a circle. And then when I yell out like bang or something like that, you all have to go to this exit and they point to this specific exit. It's this one here. The other one doesn't work. And then when they do it, when they say bang, go, if like say 15 people or say like 17 people run to the wrong exit, everybody turns around and runs to that same exit as well because of that like herd mentality. Right. So that's why it made me think of when you were saying that like, Oh, everybody's doing the billboard. So I have to, I am, I must be doing, I have to do the billboard as well. Cause otherwise I'm going to lose out on something. Right. Now my question to that is, and I do have that other question in, in my mind. So I'll get back to it. I promise. Right. Um, but here is how does one recognize if they are, making that mistake in the sense of how do I recognize as a business owner that I actually don't need this billboard or that I'm making the mistake of following everybody else? Because I can imagine that sometimes it can be hard to kind of self-assess in that way, right? Where you're kind of saying to yourself, you know what, actually, I don't need this thing. 
I don't need this thing. What instead I need to do is the other thing. Does that make sense? Yes. So the first thing you need to do is recognize who you are as an individual. So if you've left a job and you've started your own business, then you inherently are a risk taker. So what does that tell me about you? That tells me that you are inclined to rolling the dice. Mm -hmm. So many times when it comes to a decision like that, like let's say you're you're saying, uh, I own a heating and air conditioning company. I need to get some more leads. I'm going to do billboards because everybody else is doing billboards. And you go, I don't know if it works, but what your personality is, is to roll the dice. Mm -hmm. So you roll the dice and take a chance and you end up spending money that doesn't produce a return on investment. When what you should do is realize, hey, I am inherently a risk taker. So if I allow myself to make this decision, I'm going to take a risk I probably shouldn't take. And because I'm not an expert in the billboard industry or in the marketing industry, I'm going to reach out and find someone who is. I'm going to find someone who has experience marketing, heating and air conditioning. I'm going to ask them, and you may call two or three companies and ask them, I was thinking about starting a billboard to get some more leads, but I would like your opinion on what I should do. Here's my budget. And let the experts in all of those individual fields, because there's so many things that a a business owner has to do. There's so many hats when it comes to uh, human resources, recruitment, um, you know, employee development, employee reviews, uh, marketing, um, you know, accounting, uh, legal, accounts receivable, accounts payable. There's just so much. And if I could take, I wish so much, David, that I could be the ghost of Christmas past (laughs) and fly in and grab a business owner and say, Charlie, you're coming with me. And we fly through the air and I go (laughs) show Charlie. Because what the, the unique aspect that we have is that we see behind the curtains of hundreds of home service companies across the United States. And because I owned a home service business, I'm naturally inquisitive. Mm. So I want to know, like if, if I come in and I'm working with this big um, $100 million company, my first questions are, how did they get this big? Right? right. What did they, what did they do different? Because not everybody will get that big. For sure. What, what did they do different and how did they do it? And I started to recognize a common trait among all of those business owners. And do you know what it was? I don't. Each of them knew what they were good at and where they needed help. And they Mm. all had a cadre of professionals that were guiding them in the right direction. They all would. um, It's so crazy because you would think, that a $100 million company that's spending $10 million in marketing with our company would say, okay, I'm going to tell you how to spend this money and where I want each dime to go because this is $10 million and this is a mm-hmm. lot of money. They don't. You know what right. they do? They say, you're the, you. they say, you're the expert. You know how to do this. I'm expecting results and I expect you to show me those results. Yeah. And we say, we say, okay. What's crazy is, is that, you know, we'll get a $10 million budget with actually no restraints and no strings attached. And then we'll get a, a business owner who's spending $1,000 and 
and they want to tell me how to spend it. Right. Well, so I they, guess I, I guess sorry, just I, I, just off my own kind of brain. I guess the difference there is that to those people, that thousand dollars is worth a lot more than the 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 ten million than it is to the to the big company, right? You know what I think the problem is. Mm-hmm. I think the smaller companies, the owners, are trying to put up an image mm. that we I know what I'm doing. Mm. And what they don't, they don't want everybody to think, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm, I can't be vulnerable and say, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you help me? But what they don't realize is the hundred million dollar companies, they're vulnerable. They've re- recognized, Hey, if I'm going to grow, I've got to utilize the expertise of other individuals who know what to do and have the experience. So I'm going to be vulnerable. And it's a huge difference. If the smaller guys would just realize, hey, you know what? None of us have this figured out. Right. We're, we're all, you know, we're all trying to figure it out as we go. And I'm really good at installing a heating and air conditioning system, but I don't know anything about marketing. So I'm going to reach out to a good company. I'm going to find a good experienced company. And I'm going to say, hey, you guys tell me what to do. Interesting. I mean that 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 to- totally makes sense. I guess it's uh, it's like a pride thing almost, right? Of being able to to say to yourself, "I don't know how to do this for the best, and I actually do need help." Because I know that right. I struggle with that in my own life, and it, it, not not necessarily when it comes to marketing or whatever. You know, it comes to many different things, many different aspe- aspects of my day to day life. Of you know whether I I have to go to my wife one day and she asked me a question like you know what I actually don't know the answer to that let me go find it out <laughs> right you know sometimes that's a hard thing for me to say um, and the other so- thing too is that um, that's that's the the bonus of if you focus on doing what you really love to do it removes a lot of the unknowns so you now you know if you're just focused on the thing you love and then you say. I'm really good at doing this. I'm going to get help with um, marketing and I'm going to get help with, you know, the administrative aspects of my business. And I'm just going to focus on being the best. Let's just say duckless. I'm going to be the best duckless company in my service territory. And that's all I'm going to focus on. Now what you have is a team of experts. You have a marketing expert, a human resources expert, uh, an employee training expert, an accounting expert and a duckless expert Mm -hmm. that are all bringing value to the table for the potential customer. The potential customer recognizes that. And then that's when profit starts to come in. Nice. So with that being said, going back to my earlier question, I was going to ask at the same time, but I've kept in my noggin. I'm actually quite impressed myself that I'm still remembering the question. I figured (laughs) I would forget it. Um, But so with all of that being said, so you're somebody who knows what you love, you've focused in on it now, you've got that niche down, you've got figured out, I need I need to know what I need to do, what I don't need to do, what I need help with, what I don't need help with. What if, Chris, you're somebody listening to this now and you don't really know what you love doing? Maybe you have a business, maybe you don't. Maybe you're in a job where um, you're enjoying it, but you feel like it's not really for you, there's nothing in it that you really love doing. What do you do? Uh, well, you spend some time and find that out. And that's uh, Mark Twain had a very a profound quote. 
He said the two most important days in your life are when you were born. And the second one is when you discover why. Mm, and so that's good stuff. There, yeah. So there, there's a, you, you have a purpose, you have an innate purpose. Uh, your personality matches an innate skill set, so that there's something that you love that you can provide value with. And if you can honestly say to yourself, I don't know what I love, then go out and find what you love, you know, mm -hmm. go, uh, go take classes. Um, there's all kind of local schools, uh, your colleges, your, your technical schools, they'll have day long classes on pottery spending on, um, you know, all kinds of things that you could go in. You could take a one day class on programming, computer programming. You could mm -hmm. take a one day class on heat load calculations on, um, ductless system sizing and installation on, there's just so much stuff that you could get out there. And before you make the big leap, you know, go, go try it, go try it out. Maybe go talk to some people and see, Hey, this is, this is something that I think I really love doing. And this is what I'm going to pursue. The absolute worst mistake you can make is say, uh, I'm going to be an attorney because attorneys make a lot of money. Right. <laughs> because what you're very quickly going to find yourself is miserable. Mm -hmm. miserable and hating life. And that's also part of what we've seen is the great resignation that occurred is that, you know, after COVID and everybody was like, you know, this thing's not as stable as we thought it was. This could all be over tomorrow. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm out of here. And so many people decided I'm going to go try to find what I love to do. Absolutely. Well, do you know, do you know what the great resignation turned into? Uh, the great sitting at home on your butt. <laughs> the great application. They're all coming back. They're all oh, really. All, yeah. Wow. There was a guy, there was a guy that did a um, uh, piece on, on CNBC. He was a, um, uh, an attorney. He was an attorney and he was like, he was working in the finance space. He felt like he was just, uh, everybody was too focused on money. Uh, he thought his passion was teaching. Um, he said, I, I just want to teach, um, you know, middle school kids. He resigned his job as an attorney, he got a school teaching uh, at his local middle school. He worked there for about eight months until he stopped. And he said, you know, I really liked my lifestyle before I was uh -huh. making, you know, I was making $250,000 a year. I could eat out when I wanted to. I was driving a nice car. Now I'm making uh, $80,000 a year dealing with parents. And this is not as fun as I thought it was. And so right. now he's leaving the, teaching profession going back into what he used to do. Hmm. So a lot of, sometimes you may be in the right job, but you just, you, you're on the right bus. You're just not in the right seat, if that makes sense. So For you sure. may be in the right job, but you go, you know, what part of what I'm doing currently do I love to do? Do I really take satisfaction in doing? And then shift and focus on those things. So what if somebody owns a business say they own an HVAC business and they're like, you know what, this just, this isn't for me anymore. This is, there's nothing in here that I love to do. Is that the time where you kind of, you should get out or is it a time where you should try like stick with it, try to find something within that, that you love doing? Or, you know, what, what do you think somebody in that situation does? Cause I'm sure there's some people out there who doesn't necessarily have to be HVAC or whatever, but have started a business or inherited a business or something like that. And they're just like, there's nothing in here that I'm really loving. And most of the times when that occurs, it's because uh, 
like let's say you started the heating and air conditioning business and so you want to be successful so you start doing what everybody else is doing and you realize that uh, the margins are low the hours are long um, I don't like dealing with the customers uh, you know that this is oh, just not ringing yeah sorry my wife. this is just not unbelievable uh, yeah, I'll fire. She's fired. Fired. Uh, this is not. Um, this is not what I love to do. I hate this. Right? Well, it's because you're doing it wrong. Mm. There's, there's, there's multiple ways to run a heating and air conditioning company, and you know you can be the guy that you don't have to be the guy that offers 24 hour service and a 49 dollar diagnostic fee. You know you don't have to chase what everybody else is doing. You can be the guy that has a $149 diagnostic fee and you only work uh, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. And if people call and go, I, I can only be home Saturday, you go, well, okay, thanks. You'll have to call somebody else. So, <laughs> so do it how you love doing it and, and let it be, let your passion shift from I'm trying to make a dollar bill every 30 seconds to I just really enjoy helping people when I get to their home and it's hot. I enjoy, you know, finding out what's wrong, making a recommendation that makes sense for them. That doesn't, you know, I can help them not waste a lot of money or I can help them not replace a system. They don't need to because some other company's trying to rip them off. I can right. be honest, honest and caring. I can um, show up and do the job and really get fulfillment out of what I'm doing. There was another quote that uh, I really resonated with, and it was by Jim Carrey. And as crazy as Jim Carrey is now, um, you know, because he kind of <laughs> went off, he kind of went off the deep end, yeah, painting pictures and all. He left Hollywood, and, right? But he said uh, the quote he said was, "I really wish everyone could be rich and famous for just a short while, so that everyone would see." That's not what it's about. Mm. And uh, I, I'm going to divulge a personal story that, I, you know, I don't, there's, there's not a, a good way to say this without trying to sound boastful. I'm not trying to be boastful. I was very poor. I worked very hard. I worked in heating and air conditioning. I had my own heating and air conditioning company. I worked long hours. I've, I've been the guy that would scour the internet looking for a truck for that would meet my budget and not have 500,000 miles on it. Um, if I wanted to go camping, I would buy a tent or take a tarp and use poles and try to figure it out on the cheap. I, I was that guy for a long time. Then I got lucky and I married a very smart woman and she made a lot of money. And so now I'm almost a kept husband. Uh, <laughs> she, she, you know, runs a very successful business. She makes a lot of money. And now it's almost like uh, I could have any car I wanted almost. I mean, right. I can't have a, you know, million dollar car, but if I wanted, <laughs> if I wanted a $150,000 911, I can literally walk up there and sign the paperwork and drive mm -hmm. it home. Mm -hmm. But you know what I've found was that I enjoyed having to make it work. I enjoyed uh, struggling to try to find, there was a reward 
for finding that truck that met my financial budget, but also was in pretty decent shape. I took pleasure in that. So the, the one thing I can tell you is the only thing the money did was give me more stress. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and even now in the you know the big house we live in and the nice cars we drive. Beautiful house, by the way. Well, thank you very much. The, the <laughs> nice cars that we drive. There's almost times when I stand here drinking my coffee, looking out the window, and I long for a 1,500-square-foot house back in Hey, we can swap if you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> because it's a, it's a whole different uh, lifestyle. It's a whole different. And at the end of the day, because of the person I am, I'm a very reflective person, mm-hmm. often I go, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Look at, look at all the money. Look at the hungry people in the world. Look at the homeless people in the world. What's my responsibility to the society around me? Um, you know, should I be spending this money on a house or should I be, you know, helping other people? What I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt is the quote from Jim Carrey was dead on. Yeah. I wish you could be here and have the money and realize this is not it. Don't, if you're doing something, trying to chase wealth and the, the big word we like to throw around is hustle. Every day I'm hustling. You know me, mm-hmm. man, I'm hustling. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hustling, trying to make it. Everybody wants to be a, an Instagram influencer or sure. you know some sort of millionaire doing this or doing that. And what I can tell you is that's not the answer. The answer is finding what fulfills you. The answer is um, if you take great pleasure in helping others or if you take what, whatever the thing is, the one thing that you love doing, do that. Because the other thing you have to realize is you don't ever know when your number is going to come up. Sure. You know, I spent 21 years as a firefighter and it, it was frequently that I would run a call where someone, for whatever reason, a car wreck, a gunshot wound, a fall down the stairs, they just passed away. Yeah. And beside them would always be the things of life the briefcase, they were running to a meeting, they were 15 minutes late, the, all of the things of life that were pressuring down on that soul now has no longer, no more influence because that soul has left this earth. You can make that choice before you check out and you can say, you know what, I'm going to do what matters to me now. I'm going to live a life that is uh, fulfilling to me a life that meets my values and my virtues, and I'm going to provide value to the community. If you, you can run a business and be very fulfilled and get paid very well to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, wealth, wealth is not bad. No. Wealth is only bad when it's your primary focus. For sure. And so, um, you know, doing, there's so much more reward in doing what you love because You'll be better at it. You'll smile when you do it. You'll uh, provide better service. Uh, your customers will feel like they get more value. And that's where people, and most of the time when you see people, there was a Oprah Winfrey one time did a show and she talked about passion and how people become uber successful. And she talked about her esthetician, the esthetician that she uses. And Oprah was wondering 
she asked her, she said, how did you come become so successful as an esthetician? And the lady said, because extracting pimples is my passion. Gross. So as gross <laughs> as that is, right? as gross as that is, she had found out what really is truly her was passion. That, that Dr. Pimple Popper or whatever it no, was? No, I don't think so. Okay. But that's a good, that's a great example. But she had found her passion and because others recognized her passion, they put a value on the service she provides. Because if it's your passion, you're going to do it correctly. You're going to do it the right way. And because of that, the people around you will see that and place value on what you provide them. And value results in profit. Value always results in profit. If you're not adding value, you're not making profit. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that, Chris. That was uh, yeah. that was that was really good stuff. A one thing um, that made me think of during that is uh, Emily and I did Financial Peace University a while back um, when we first got married, which is the Dave Ramsey course. I've done it, and uh, there's some really great stuff in there. Really fantastic stuff. You know, it's it's obviously a a system that works. Like it's tried and proven, and we've adopted many of the things. We you know, there's some things we do, some things we don't. Um, and Dave would hate me for saying that, but that's just the reality. Right. <laughs> um, but one of the things I do, I really love about his course is he has his baby steps, right? I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Um, but, we still use Dave Ramsey. Right. Well, there we go. That's yeah. how great it is. Is right. uh, So baby step one is like uh, setting up an emergency fund. Baby step two is paying off your debt. And it goes all the way through. And one of the things he always says, like his slogan for Financial Peace University is you got to live like nobody else so that you can give like nobody else. Right. And I always really love that. That hit me really good when, when we learned that is that his philosophy in life is to sacrifice so that you can get yourself to a position whereby you are successful enough. Like you said, because being successful and having money is not a bad thing. Um, no one should feel guilty for that. Um, unless of course you earn it by dodgy means, <laughs> right. but we're assuming that you did it, um, right. is you can get to a point in your life where, and he tells a story and oh, man, I, like, I remember he told the story. I was like, I want to be like that someday. I swear I'm going to get there is, um, he said that when you get to that last baby step where you're just giving and giving and giving and giving, go to Waffle House on Thanksgiving or Christmas day, because they're open go to Waffle House on one of those days, go in, order a $1 cup of coffee, drink it, pull out a $100 bill, leave it on the counter and leave. And then yes. sit in, and then he says, go and sit in your car and look through the window and look at the face of the girl or man who picks up that tip and see it on their face how much that means because they're working at Waffle House on Thanksgiving or on Christmas right. Day. So you know they need it. And right. he says that that moment is worth more than anything in the whole wide world because that $100 bill that you gave to them means an infinite amount more to them than it, than it does financially to you. And right. you do get something out of it. He doesn't lie about it. He's like, yeah, it gives me great pleasure to be able to do that. But that's kind of the, in his opinion, the goal of being able to find what you love and being able to do it 
effectively enough that you can get to a position where you can give that to other people. So um, that's what that reminded me of you kind of telling uh, that story. And I, I, I love that. And I hope one day to be able to get there. Um, but it's going to take a little bit more work from Emily and I right now. We're still going to pay off those debts, um, but we're trying, I swear. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I had to, I, I paid off my last student loan debt uh, in 2018. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that's the one thing I love Dave Ramsey and Dave Ramsey's uh, program works well. If you're in a f- fixed income, like let's say uh, sure. you're on a set income and you're having to make the most you can with. So if you've got a hundred thousand dollars, you've got to take that hundred thousand dollars and get the most out of it. Right. But my Dave Ramsey story, we still follow Dave Ramsey, but what worked for me was we turned that hundred thousand into millions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you if you can really find something you love and really find a way to add value, it's easy to turn that $100,000 into millions. And the reason is, is because, uh, take heating and air conditioning, for example. For every one company that it's their passion to serve people and they really want to do the right thing, and they treat all their customers just like they would treat their mother. For every one of those, there are 99 who are doing it for the wrong reasons. Right. And they're trying, they're, they're chasing the dollar bill and they're, you know, they'll charge a 82 year old grandma $450 for a service call. And for the, the people that have the passion and do it for the right reason, because all of those other people are doing it for the wrong reason, that one company will skyrocket past all the rest. And I've seen it over and over and over. We recently had a, uh, one of our customers, he's been with us for, he's been with Michelle, her marketing company for about six years. He tells a story. I don't remember it, but he tells a story. The first time we met him, he came to a meeting where we were at and he wanted to sign up for our marketing service. And uh, he only had one truck and he was a small company. And I told him, I said, you're not ready for us. I said, um, I gave him a list of things to do. I said, do these things. When you get to this revenue level, come see me. And he did. And we signed him up. And he is now one of the fastest growing heating and air conditioning companies that we've experienced. So much that uh, they often the uh, distributor oftentimes will use them as an example and say, look at what this company is doing. Follow their example. Follow what they're doing. And it's all because they're doing it for the right reasons. And the owner has a passion for doing heating and air conditioning the right way. That passion passes to his employees. And they've now, what was one guy who was solely dedicated to doing the best he could do for every customer is now a culture of 10 people. And they're all trying their very best to do the right thing for the customer every time. And they've turned that $100,000 into millions. And it's because he came into this doing what he loved and he focused on doing the right thing. And you can do it. All you got to do is get out there, do what you love, provide great service, and the money will come. If you're focused on the money, it's going to be a hard road for you. All right. I think that right there, Chris, is a perfect way to end it. Um, thank you again, as always so much for being 
a terrific co-host here on the Power by Podcast. We always love having you uh, come and join me. Like I said right at the beginning, it just makes you feel at ease, you know, having you <laughs> on here. Uh, always giving off great advice. I always learn a lot. So I know that everybody listening to it learns a lot too, because I'm sure that it's way more apparent to them and more specific to them than it is to me, because I'm just sitting here making videos and doing stuff like this yeah, you know how it is but anyway um if you've made it this far thank you so much for being here um we always really really appreciate your time um i hope like like i said i hope that you learned something from it today i know i certainly did if you haven't already please again subscribe to our youtube channel leave us nice reviews on those free feeds spotify apple podcasts etc etc um we will be back next week but until then chris anything else you want to say before we go no that's it uh just a reminder, we also do consulting. So if anybody um, says, hey, I heard you on the podcast, that's what we want. We want to do that. Call us. Well, we'll talk to you. We'll sit down. We'll and where can they call you or find you? Uh, you can call me at All Contractor Marketing, 404-419-6884. We'll be glad to help you. Perfect. All righty. Well, thank you again, Chris, for your time today. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, same to you guys out there listening. Uh, take care and we'll all see you next time here on the Power by Podcast. Bye-bye. Take care.